Some NFL news we wanted to go over. We're going to get into the Eastern Conference, Western Conference playoffs. They're finally here. Long awaited, as we expected in the West. Uh, something of what we expected in the East. And a key free agent in the NFL that still doesn't have a home. I'm going to jump right into that with um, Des Bryant's situation. Where, where does he go? Or, you know, does he go anywhere? Uh, does he sign a big deal? Does he sign a one-year deal? Well, what he's looking for is a one-year deal just to prove himself. Because what from I heard and understand, the Ravens tried to throw him a multi-year deal that was worth a decent amount of money. And he just wasn't trying to go there. I don't know if it's because of, you know, Flacco or what the case may be. But from what I understand is that he just wants the one-year deal prove himself, I guess, prove his worth, prove that he's still an elite receiver in the NFL. And, I mean, if you're a team like San Francisco where you put a lot of money into your quarterback, you put a lot of, you know, uh, investing into Richard Sherman, and then you're or you're a team like Jacksonville where you still got Leonard Fernando rookie deal, you got Jalen Ramsey in a rookie deal, I mean, I don't know if Blake Bortles is the future or not, but they signed him to an extension. And Calais Campbell ain't getting any younger. So you're kind of in that all-in mindset right now. So I think for a team that's trying to go all-in on this season, or even a team like the Rams where they clearly show they're trying to go all-in, right. if you're one of those teams that I don't see the harm in doing a one-year deal because if he doesn't pan out, then you just cut your losses and keep him moving. But if he does, then okay, then you can get into some negotiations and, and talks about maybe a, a longer contract. Now, but my thing is like, okay, so you do the one-year deal because you want to prove yourself. Okay, you know, he, he can he does kind of have to reprove himself in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't really made a super splash since 2014, like Danny said. He's still an elite-level receiver. He hasn't had a great quarterback thrown to him for the last couple of years, but... Why, why not try to just jump into a situation where you see, you know, benefiting? Like, are you trying to prove yourself or are you trying to see the team you signed for if it's worth it? You know, to me, it kind of says, like, I want to make sure that this is really what I want before I sign long term as opposed to, like, here, look, sh- I'm going to show you what I have. You know what I mean? Because we know what Des Bryant brings to the table on all aspects. And, you know, he'll try to prove us otherwise in the locker room. And he'll try to prove us correct with what we're saying as far as, you know, him still being elite and, and a top top eight, top seven wide receiver. Now, the fact that he wants to take a one-year deal, I think kind of hurts his cause because I feel like the team's like maybe the 49ers. I think Des could still go for another four or five years, right? And How old is he, like 28? Right. He's he still got four or five years left. You know, sign with a Jimmy Garoppolo run Mike Shanahan run 49ers 
Uh, Richard Sherman just went over there. Their defense, is, their defense is getting up there. You know, why not? They're young. Got Jarek McKinnon in the backfield now. I, you do have the opportunity to go to a, a Super Bowl contending team, though. So I do get that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what are you really getting out of that if, if you guys, you know, cha- it's championship or bust then. And then if you if you do make the cha- if you do win the Super Bowl, you're like you're like putting that pressure on yourself, right? Are you really coming back to the same team you win the Super Bowl with? We usually see teams in the NFL, you know, lose key pieces in the offseason after big years and and years that you know, okay, realizing they have to pay other guys on the team. Mm-hmm. Des is not going to be that main priority, I'm sure. You know, going into an offseason where teams need to make re-signings and and other free agent signings. Now, if Des can kind of lock it up right now, where the free agent, it's it's like this would be like the third pool of free agency, and you know nobody's left. Get you a deal, sign. I don't know. It's confusing. I don't know what he really wants out of this. I mean, it could just simply be pride. For all we it. know, I mean, we know we do, we do know he's a prideful personality. Exactly. I mean, it wouldn't Big be out ego. of the yeah, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for Dez. I mean, we've seen Stranger Things from. From other characters in NFL, right? So it really might just be that. I mean, you know, there might not really be any more to dissect and look into it. Or you're quite possible he could just, you know, maybe he sees what an elite caliber player he is, or you know, was, or whatever the case may be, and he wants, you know, being in a situation he was in Dallas, getting so close as you know. Just the catch, not a catch, you know, controversy. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go to a contender. He wants to really feel like what he's doing matters. Right. You know? So, I don't know. I, I think he'll get signed before preseason even starts. Before preseason, he will get signed. You think so? Somewhere. I feel like yeah. this weekend should be... His signing weekend. If not, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if if he gets a deal before the preseason. How do you feel about that? I. No words. There no. You go. <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> it, all right. Another 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 NFL news. Mark Ingram. I got it right this time. Four game suspension. He's facing. I don't know about that. Obviously, right? <laughs> obviously, pending appeal. Yeah, because my computer died. Uh, He's gonna pen, he's gonna appeal the suspension as every NFL player does. Four games for PEDs. No, it wasn't PEDs. They said it. That's what the NFL first ruled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, four four game suspension for performance performance enhancing drugs. But I believe it was who was it his his team that said that it wasn't PEDs, or did the NFL come out and say that it wasn't PEDs? No, I think the NFL. Went, came out and said that it wasn't PEDs; it was an illegal substance. Now they don't; okay. they didn't say what, you know, because normally Mardi Gras just passed. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because normally they say if it was, you know, weed, they would have said weed because you know we've seen it with right. Blunt and Le'Veon Bell. They just said illegal substance. I mean, we don't know. I mean, it could be anything. It really, could be that 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 Miami Dolphins coach locker room coach stuff. That, that white powder. He should have shared, man. Yeah, yeah. He should have shared. Nah. But, or, um, you know, we don't know what it is. But, so, the question is, with it, I mean, it is only four games. But, with it being four games, where does that specifically leave Alvin Kamara? 
That's a good question, and I mean, I wouldn't say that Mark Ingram going down necessarily benefits Kamara, as we had the conversation earlier, where I feel like taking Mark Ingram out the game, you mentioned he's a pro bowler. Kamara was a pro bowler. He was a rookie of the year on offense last year. And to have to go from two pro bowl running backs that were you know supposed to come back and be maybe even the best offense in the league this year in the Saints, to have one of those gone for four weeks it's going to throw off, you know, the flow in the system that they're running. Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara is used as a receiving back. He's used as an outside run back. He can hit the tackles, you know, a few, few plays, but that's why you have a pro bowler like Mark Ingram to run between the tackles and, and get the short yardage. <clears throat> you know, you can use Kamara in the special plays and the opening, the, opening the defense. Now, if Kamara is going to have to take on that load for at least four weeks, with that suspension, if it upholds, you know, the usage part on Kamara's end is going to be obviously revamped. Not that he can't do it. He's young. You know, he's athletic enough. But a season is rigorous. The, the, the Saints were in the NFC Championship last year almost. They lost in the division. Play away. And, you know, you're going to need fresh legs. for Not fresh, but you're going to need as, as good rested legs for that moment. You know, you're going to need Mark Ingram... And, and Kamara to, to be able to coincide in doing things for the offense. So it's kind of unfortunate and selfish of Mark Ingram to do this. Mm-hmm. You don't really know the truth, but I don't know if Kamara actually comes out the beneficiary from, from losing a teammate like Mark Ingram for at least four weeks. Well, clearly it doesn't benefit the Saints, doesn't benefit the offense, but as far as Alvin Kamara... I think it gives him, like I said, it's only four games. So I think it gives him a chance to, we'll see, you know, is he a product of the environment? Is he a product of the offense? Or is this really who Alvin Kamara is? And we've seen many situations where, you know, either a key player goes to a new team, somebody, you know, gets injured and they have to step up, they, you know, get more of a workload. And we see they respond one of two ways. They either embrace it. Mm-hmm. And step up to the plate, or you know they kind of wither, you know, and get and get lost in what we originally believed that they were capable of doing. Right. So and I, I mean, you said, does it? Is he going to be a product of the offense, or is he really a star player? And I know it's only been his rookie year, but I feel like showing what he did last year in you know. Top two, he might have even led the NFL in yards per uh, yards after contact. Um, showing what he can do in open space, making plays out of nothing, um, you know, getting the extra yard, breaking the extra tackle. It, it shows what type of player he is. You know, you can put that type of player in any offense, and you know, once he finds the space, he'll make do with what he has. You know, it's not like. This player only plays good when you play him to an outside run. You know what I mean? Or, or if you design a, a in-between tackle run for him. He, you can throw the ball to him. You can hand it off to him. You can pitch it to him. You can let him hike it, I'm sure. And he'll find a way to make a play. So I feel like with his short rookie year, not short, but with one rookie year in the books, I think he showed us enough that you know he's, he's a seven-dimensional player. So... Well, I mean, the first, the first uh, four weeks will tell. Can we get, can we get on to this NBA? Please, we're like yeah. itching. Yeah, 
NFL, you know, we're going to let it come. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Minicamp is going to start this weekend. I'm excited to see what the Colts are going to post all over Twitter and Instagram, see the videos and clips of how the rookies are doing and what to expect. So early, but it's just, it's, I'm so anxious for football season. Now that basketball season is coming to a close, and we finally have the Western Conference, Eastern Conference final set. It's the final four. Boston Celtics, home court advantage against the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's on Sunday. Monday night, Rockets have home court advantage for the first time in years. The Warriors don't have the number one seed in the West. I don't think it's going to phase them. Um, I even think that they'll sneak one out in Houston Mm -hmm. in the first two games. But let's talk about the East first. Uh, Cleveland going to Boston in what could have been LeBron versus Kyrie. I know. What could have been LeBron versus Hayward and Kyrie. Like, Hayward signed with the Celtics over the summer, and, you know, we were wondering, okay, what does this do for the Celtics? They, they're going to trade their number one pick, this and this and that. They don't have Isaiah Thomas, this and this and that. Everything fell, and here they are, last two standing in the East. And they have a chance. They have a legitimate chance to beat the Cavs, there's a chance because they play. Right. <laughs> Not saying it's going to happen. Right. But there's a chance because they play, and and it's it's up to them to to get to the finals for the first time in it'll be what like eight years now. I think they, they won 2010 they was, yeah. with the Lakers, right? When mm-hmm. they lost to the Lakers, 2010. Almost Kobe's a decade. last finals. Right. A decade. So, and it's a whole new team, whole new coaching staff. You know, same owner. But to see what Brad Stevens has done, and, and honestly, you got to give it to the front office. They drafted Jason Tatum, and we've got to see how stellar he's playing. I had a feeling he was going to come in and have a smooth transition to the NBA because of how I watched him so much at Duke and, and saw what he was capable of doing. You put him with, like Justin was saying, a top two coach in the league, only behind Popovich probably, in Brad Stevens, and... That's the product you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Now, I said, and I, I remember saying this, how far can a team with Terry Rozier and Shane Larkin sharing the point guard minutes get in the playoffs? And I thought that Philadelphia was going to come out of the East after the first round we saw with right. LeBron struggling against, excuse me, the Cavs struggling against the Pacers because LeBron has brought it, has brought it throughout the whole playoffs. Now, his team has just stepped up against Philly, or excuse me, against second-round matchup, please. Toronto. <laughs> his team stepped up against Toronto, and now they're, like, in this groove where, you know, they won four straight, first of all, against Toronto, which was a really great regular season team. They just swept, 59. The, one, they just swept the one seed in the second round of the playoffs like it was nothing. But they had struggles with the Pacers. When the Victor Oladipo led Pacers took him to seven. And almost beat him. And it was like every game was tight it's for a, the most part. It's a game of matchups. And then and that's the watching key. the second round go but like specifically talking about the Boston Philly series made me like reflect on this Heat team <laughs> and how the team that we lost to in five just got beat in five by Boston. And we wanted that 
matchup, and I'm just sitting over here like this. Like this is like the the uh, position that our team, that our Miami team is in right now, is due to the fact that we went to four straight finals, so on and so forth. Yep. Yep. But damn, we're in such a bad spot yep. right now. Yep. But I know, like, and then you can also say with the way the playoffs has gone, you've got to imagine that there are teams out there looking to make moves that are going to be desperate, looking at Toronto, looking at Portland, that maybe like San Antonio, like you just don't know. Like don't know. there's going to be a true. lot of teams out there trying to make moves, and I'm so fucking excited for this offseason. And I, I feel like I want to see Pat do something. Um, I I don't know what he's going to do or what. What the league looks at our prospects as, how valuable they view our players as, but and I mean it's it's inevitable that the offseason is going to be great. The last two years, like two years, like not this past offseason, but the offseason before, we felt like it was like whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, and then this offseason was like bomb, 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 and then trade deadline, bomb, bomb, and I feel like that's just the new. The new wave that's coming, I feel like this offseason is going to be crazy again. I mean, obviously, LeBron is is a free agent. That's that's the biggest offseason since 2010 when he joined Miami, you know? Mm-hmm. When LeBron's a free agent, don't, don't, don't even drop your phone because you're going to miss when he signs with the team, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, back to the Eastern Conference Finals, speaking of LeBron James... This Eastern Conference Finals is basically a, a, a very young, talented, inexp- playoff inexperienced Boston Celtics team that has played really well against Philadelphia. They, it's a matchup thing because they struggled against Milwaukee. Yeah. Now, they haven't lost at home, which is really good. And I don't think that'll stand too, too long in Cleveland. I think they'll take one at home of the first two. Um, but it's it's LeBron. And what do we name 35? We named 35. It's Le, you named it. Le, it's LeBron's world. And we're all just, and we're all just paying rent. And it's fact. LeBron's going to come in. He's going to do what he has to do, whether his team does or not. But with the rhythm that As his team has been. Kevin Love has been. He's been putting up Kevin Love J.R. Smith has been playing pretty good, too. And it's just that confidence that they have now. They swept the number one seed. You know, you know they're feeling themselves. They were doubting. Like everybody was doubting them when they went to seven games with Victor Oladipo Pacers. Now they sweep the number one seed, and now they have Boston, where LeBron just feels they're down Kyrie. You have to look at it like Kyrie's not playing. We have to win this series. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we have LeBron James. We have to win this series. And we've been to the finals the last three years. We have to win this series. You know what I mean? Well, the last two years. And I've noticed, like, ever since they started using this this lineup of the veteran players, you know, running George Hill at point, mm-hmm. JR at shooting guard, you know, you put Kevin Love, Braun And you can there. either put Kyle Korver or Jeff Green, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, let the vets <clears throat> start out, then put, like, bring the young guys in off the bench. And, you know, you can't write off a player like George Hill, first of all, because right. he's a product of Popovich's system for the most part. Like, he was... Pops. Oh, he had and he had Frank Vogel coaching him. And Vogel, you know? yeah, and Quinn Snyder, and now, like this man. And now, I mean, Tyron like, LeBron, really. Yeah. You can't write <laughs> off a player like George Hill because he he has he has probably more playoff experience than everybody on right. that and Celtics he, and roster he used to combined. Play LeBron in the playoffs. Yeah, he knows what it feels like to lose to LeBron. He was on those indie teams that we played. He was on the Spurs teams that we played. Like, 
you can't like I don't know when they run that that vet lineup that mm-hmm. they have like they'll blow you out by thirty. Yeah, it's tough to beat them, and and they're finding their rhythm. Like they they were like forced into this like at the All Star break, just trying to figure it out. Granted, like that's some that's adversity that a lot of teams in the league will take. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, that's when you have LeBron and you sign him to short deals like that. You're David Griffin said this on uh, the ex Cavs GM. He said it on the Bill Simmons podcast. Like when LeBron's taking these short deals you force yourself to be in win-now mode. Yeah. And you have every to make time. moves like every this time. Every, every year, time. every year. It's this not... This is why Kobe Altman just gave away half the team for the trading deadline because you have to be in, in panic mode when LeBron has departure at his leisure, really. And he's, he was quoted saying it's definitely not s- sustainable to long-term success and, like, thinking about the future and shit, yeah. but... Fuck it, I don't, I don't know, but I don't. But I then really, again, I really I mean, don't if you have Boston the chance, chance to win now and you're all in, like that's that's not something that's wrong either. Yeah, that's not something that's wrong either because not everybody has a chance to be in win now mode. Like there's teams out there that don't like win never mode, you know, and mm-hmm. win win in ten year mode. So if I'd rather be in win now mode and and be under that like stress and be over the luxury tax and you know have to sign a vet minimum like three guys and but you're in win now mode so so whatever happens happens but instead of you know tanking or just a seed and, and not you know doing anything in the playoffs um i know we did want to get into one thing that it's going to take for these teams to win these series and we'll also throw in who do you think wins in how many games so first we'll go Eastern Conference Finals, Cavs-Celtics, Cavs have home court. Who do you think wins in how many games? And um, after that, give me one thing from each team that they need they have home to court. be able to win this series. The Celtics? Yeah, they're number two seed. Oh, I misheard you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you're going up against the King, so... It's just like if you're going up against the Warriors, home court doesn't mean shit. Right. Uh, right. Literally, like scientifically speaking, just, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. He just um, looked at his book. <laughs> Check the textbook. I think Boston might sneak one. So I'll probably take Cavs in five, gentlemen sweep, Ooh. two years in a row. Um, for the Cavs, I think LeBron's supporting cast just needs to show up. Love, you don't necessarily have to put up 30 and 15 every night, but if he can give you 20 and 10 for the series, JR give you 12 to 15, you know, just little things like that. Like, just if everyone plays their game, right? They're straight and they don't have to stress, and the series will be over before they know it. Um, Boston, however, (laughs) I really don't know what to say. Um, I guess if Brad Stevens can come up with some game plans of trying to stop everyone but LeBron, maybe? Yeah. You can, because you can't stop LeBron, but you can stop those around him. Right. Um, And I guess try and force LeBron to do everything. You might have a shot, but I'm uh, not counting on seeing that. So. What about you, Justin? I got Cleveland in six. I think... Their most interesting matchup in this series is going to be LeBron versus Brad Stevens because, you know, as we said, Brad Stevens is probably the second best coach in the league behind Popovich. 
So I know Brad Stevens with, you know, his basketball mind will come up with something. Obviously, there is no stopping. There is no containing LeBron. But you can come up with something in the game plan to at least give you a fighting chance. And like you said, this is, you know, obviously they have a chance because they're playing. So Eastern Mm -hmm. Conference Finals, both teams made it here for a reason. You know, chance is a chance. Yeah, you respect the credits. Exactly. Uh, The Celtics, the credits. So one thing for Cleveland to take this series is uh, I think they need to, you know, continue with their good uh, shot selection and make open shots. Uh, Celtics in the regular season had the number one defense, and it proved pretty much true in the playoffs because of how they dismantled Philly, you know, and especially credit to Brad Stevens coming out of timeouts, you know, drawing up plays. So, they're, you know, their defense is going to, Try and suffocate, like you know, kind of like how Danny said, everybody around LeBron. So yeah, if you're Cleveland, just you know, everybody but LeBron, you got to make your shots. Right. You know, don't don't you know let their defense get out in transition and start making plays. Um, if you're Boston, you got yeah. Also to you know echo what Danny said, you got to put the game on LeBron's teammates. You're not gonna stop LeBron. So try to make them beat you, and not so much LeBron. If you can. Make you know Jr. Because we've seen it's Jr. So much easier said than done. Oh, of course, of course. It's but we, so but like I said, with the number one defense, we've seen Jr. can come out and go seven for seven, but he can also go zero for seven. Mm-hmm. You know, regular season Jr. was going zero for seven every. I game. mean, Corver, you know what Corver's gonna want to do. Love has had a really, you know, really come on, especially after his injury. Um, so I think him and Al Horford down there will be an interesting matchup because Al Horford sure. is a very underrated defender. For sure. And um, and then you Which got. He played really good defense on Joel Embiid. He did. He did. Joel Embiid was going off last game. Embiid's but... too soft. <sighs> Come on, don't give me that. He did. And then you got you know. He was hanging around the fucking three point line the whole fucking series, bro. You're seven foot two. Get your ass in the paint. Damn. I just I don't like him. <laughs> but I'm speaking. I'm speaking facts though. I can't argue that. But um, and then yeah, you got athletic wing players. You got you know Jalen Brown. You got Jason Tatum. So, yeah, I think if you're if you're Boston, like you said, just put it put it on everybody else and try to take away LeBron's best weapon, which is being a playmaker, get everybody else involved. Right. I know none of us are Celtics fans, but I know like we we read Twitter and social media and Reddit and all that shit, and we see like I see this a lot. And let me know if it bothers you guys as much as it bothers me. But when you see people talk about. Brad Stevens and the Celtics roster and shit and like people try really hard to like give them like too much credit almost by saying oh he Brad Stevens dragged a team full of G-leaguers to the fucking conference finals and me I'm sitting here like Jalen Brown lottery pick Jason Tatum lottery pick Al Horford multiple time all-star like defensive player of the year in like in that conversation every year um like Kyrie Irving, he was there the whole season, All Star NBA champ. Yep. Like, where where do they get this? Where do they about? get this right. G League thing from? And like, I I'm not even like fronting. Like, I see it a lot, and that's, I have no idea what it's about. That's pretty weird. But is it like because of Aaron Baines and uh, that number thirty seven guy? <laughs> like, yeah, is that o- like, like, I don't understand where that where that comes from. 
because like they I don't know how you can say oh he's just dragging a like is it is are they trying to do that to give Brad Stevens like more credit than he deserves or whoa we'll get into not not taking anything away from him obviously because I do think he's a top three coach it's in Celtics, the league. Come on, it's the Celtics. It's just annoying. It's, it's just annoying. It is, but it's Celtics fans. So, um, as far as my take, I can't on go on Twitter series, without seeing some shit like that. It's just annoying. I'm gonna go Cavs in six. I don't think they'll win in five because. I feel like they'll win one out of two in Boston. You know, maybe game, maybe game one. They might take game one in Boston. Boston then takes game two. Cleveland, I don't think, loses at home this series. And then Boston hasn't lost at home this whole playoffs. So I don't think they'll lose two at home, especially after not winning on the road, if, if all goes right as far as my, my mind. But, yeah, I think when, when they get back to Cleveland at game six, that's when they'll, they'll be able to take the series. And they might just do that just so they can win in front of the home crowd and celebrate. <laughs> For Cleveland? They might just plan it that way. I think one of the biggest things is, is just Kevin Love has to stay aggressive. Like, has to be aggressive, has to be aggressive. Because we see it, and it's every single game. When he plays good, it's that much harder to beat Cleveland. And when Kevin Love is playing really good and LeBron's playing really good, then who do you go to? You know, when Kevin Love's playing really good, mm-hmm. you have LeBron playing good. You have to worry about him dishing it to Kevin Love. And then you're, you're really focusing your whole energy on them two when you forgot J.R. Smith is playing good right now. Kyle Korver's playing pretty good right now. You just mentioned the veteran Jeff Green. You know, they, they have these guys where when the the... Focus gets taken off of, you know, a Kevin Love. And mind you, this is Kevin Love's first season being the second option. You know what I mean? He's normally the third option. Obviously in Minnesota, but we're not talking about Minnesota. We're talking about Cleveland and championships and and deep playoff uh, runs. He was chubby and he was putting up 30 and 30. (laughs) Uh, Kyrie Irving was right there for LeBron and Kyrie Irving's a natural born scorer. He's sitting on the other side of the fence right now or on on the bench on the other side of the fence, but... You know, it's LeBron and Love, really, that are going to have to try to get them through and win the finals if they want to. So I think Kevin Love is going to have to stay alive. You mentioned Al Horford is one of the best defending big men in the league. It's going to be tough. So if they can shut... And then for Boston, I think they have to shut down Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Kevin Love is the X factor here Which in this they situation. Could they, could throw, it's possible, they could throw Horford on Love. But we can't forget that Kevin Love is an all-star. He's an all-pro NBA player. You know, this guy is elite. You can't you can't discredit that. So he's going to have his good game whether like you play was, really good was, defense uh, or not. Embracing the Chris Bosh role, and he was talking about it. Yeah. And, like, the post-game conferences, he was giving his, his respects to to Bosh. I thought that was cool. So That's facts. And they don't have uh, Kelly the arm breaker, so he should be all right. <laughs> he's got to worry about, <laughs> he's gotta worry about uh, Horford. So... For the Western Conference Finals, we uh, we have a guest on the phone. Some of you guys know him, Antoine the Don. Yo, yo. <laughs> He's back. He 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 didn't make it in time for for Eastern Conference, but he's here for the Western Conference. Before we actually get to the Western Conference, I wanted to talk to you guys because you mentioned about crediting Brad Stevens, Danny, um, the Coach of the Year. 
award went to Dwayne Casey for the coaches association. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the coaches voting. And Stevens got zero votes. Stevens didn't get a vote. Seven other guys were nominated. Spolster didn't either. And Spolster and Stevens didn't get one vote. Insane. So do you look at that as insulting? Or like how do their peers look at them? Like how does Spolster and Brad Stevens not get one vote? Is it? For coach of the year. In Brad Stevens' case, is it like a like a petty thing? Because there's like all these coaches here that have like been there for a while. Some of them, their teams are just straight trash. And a lot of them, like their teams are contending every year. And you see this dude who's young as fuck, only been coaching for how, how long like has he been coaching? Four years. Like, four years. And he's already taken his team to the conference finals <laughs> and back-to-back years and shit. You think it's like petty? Like, oh, I don't fuck know. Him. Because I, mean, I, think, I think they're getting caught up in the substance, like the smoke and mirrors. <laughs> Because we already know what Spolster brings to the table. He does this every year. Mm-hmm. Brad Stevens, he does this every year. Dwayne Casey does this when? This is basically his in a sense, first year, if you want to call it that at all. In a sense, we might I mean, have a George Carl situation where you win Coach of the Year and then you get fired. Because this man, he won Coach of the Year from the NBCA. And now they're talking about they might just blow it up. And honestly, I don't know if you break up that core of players, you might just need a new coach, like try and shake things up a little bit. Like, But then again, like you look at Dwayne Casey and what he's done this year. Phenomenal job in Toronto. He had a top three bench in the league. He had a top five defense in the league. He's bringing stat from the G League team. You don't want to blow it up in Toronto, but what do you want then? Because they're not getting past LeBron. Never. Toronto is not getting better than they are if they don't do anything. And that's, that's the furthest thing from what they want. Now, the big answer is do you fire Casey or do you get rid of DeRozan or Lowry and replace one of them? Because truth be told, both. DeRozan fell flat in the fourth quarter in the Eastern Conference semifinals versus LeBron James this year. And in the first round... He didn't even make it to the fourth quarter in game four. In the first he round... He got ejected for hitting Clarkson. Kyle Lowry was was little shaky in the second half of, of those games in the first round. So, and, and this isn't the first year where DeRozan and Lowry do this. It just fall flat. It's every year. Every so, single fucking year. You can't really look to Dwayne apart. Casey as far as not producing... From star players like DeRozan's getting like twenty eight million a year, Lowry's getting they gave Lowry thirty three a year. Yeah, that's too much money tied up in 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 dudes who disappear. Toronto has a team to make it to the finals. They just can't get past LeBron. So instead of blowing it up, you you fire Casey and you hope that LeBron goes away next year. He's just not as dominant. That's all you could really do because the talent is there. But it's obviously not. If anything, then you you uh, find some depth in the bench. But as for the all-star starting talent, they could breeze through any team in the playoffs except for the Cavs. And that's what's that's kind of the unfortunate part about the situation that it's like you, nobody saw, in the East can do anything about this. We saw how we saw this leap that obviously the Raptors took a leap and got right. a lot better right. this year than they were last year, and they still. Got swept. Okay, look at look at it from this aspect. Not only did it happen this year, look how many times that has happened. And the biggest tell for me, look at an Indiana team 
who nobody expected they were going to, you know, people really didn't They know. were about to be the worst team in the league. Pe- people really year. didn't know no, if no, they if were, were going to make the playoffs. Like, they, they didn't think they'd win 25, 30 games in the preseason. Like, I mean, we didn't expect, you know, obviously Victor Oladipo to, you know, step up. You know, they, you know, had good draft picks and everything like that. Yeah, but, but I think Indiana could have beat the Raptors but, in the playoffs. It, but in their first year, but in their first year with this unit, and shout out to Nate McMillan, too. Right. Yeah. Right. He did his thing. Right. He did. Look at how they handled a Cavaliers team. They took them to seven. LeBron has never been an elimination game in the first round ever. And this is their first year as a collective unit. After trading away Paul George. Toronto. Look look at how long they've had majority of this team. Lowry, DeRozan, Valentunas. Mbaka, Dwayne Casey. Look at how many, you know how long this team has been assembled and how long they've been a unit, and it's the same thing every. And they're not just losing; they're getting, they're, getting, they're not even putting up a competition. But yet you have a team like Indiana who took them to seven in the first round. So you have to do something. You have to do something drastic. I say Casey has to go. He's not what your team needs. He's not going to get to you to where – not taking any way away from Casey, but he's clearly not what your team, what, you, what your organization needs. But as far as Lowry, I've always – I respect Lowry, but I do think he's overrated. And DeRozan, well, I mean, the jury's still out on that. So, I mean, to be <laughs> I mean, honest, he, so Lowry – DeRozan's not worth 28 mil, bro. He cannot shoot the three, and he does not play defense. That's not a 28 mil a year player. I say you need to get rid of. Was that? They play worst players more. True. I mean, Whiteside's getting that much. <laughs> yeah, of course. And don't get me wrong. I think DeRozan, DeRozan's deserving of a of a high contract. And Who's that? I mean, Who jumped? <laughs> twenty eight million. It, I mean, it's a, it's an NBA in twenty eighteen. Like you know, this is what they're gonna give guys. So at the end of the day, you just gotta produce and. In my opinion, I don't know that Dwayne Casey is is the problem here because the way he used his lineups and the way he 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 made his bench, you know, such an important factor in this season where Laro, uh, Lowry and DeRozan didn't have to play thirty five minutes a game. You know, they 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 can come in and play twenty eight minutes, twenty five minutes, and still uh, you know beat beat teams by by eight or double digits and. I don't know, man. Toronto's kind of stuck in a rut, and their financial cap situation isn't the best either. So, and my thing is, like I, mean, I said, they're also paying Ibaka too much. It's not taking anything away from DeRozan as a player. It's not, even though I do believe Kyle Lowry is overrated. I think if Kyle Lowry goes to the right team, he can produce for the right team. You have pieces that you can move. You don't just have pieces that aren't, you know, don't produce or aren't, you know, can. Right. They don't. They don't have a Tyler Johnson and a Hassan Whiteside <laughs> sitting on their fucking books. That's the thing. They don't have that uh that uh bad boy on their team, that aggressor, you know, or like that has them to yell at them in the, you know. That That's true. Team. Like in the locker room, they're really yeah. young in the locker room. Yeah. Like DeRozan and Lowry are their are their you know vets, and they're not like outspoken like Eddie, fiery exactly. guys. Unless they're just more unless funny. they're playing Miami, they're more and just funny. DeRozan will get in Dragic's face, and that's about it. Bro. Like I said, my main thing for them is it's not just that they're losing. It's not just that they lose to the Cavs every year. It's not that they can't get past the Cavs. This stuff, 
It's that when they face the Cavs, they go completely lifeless. They just yeah. they give up. Yeah. They're like afraid. Yeah. They play afraid. Like they, the they Rosen have, says they have like no answer. Yes. Like, the Rosen said maybe the Cavs have our number. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no shit. Scientifically uh, proven. Right. Let's get into the Western Conference now that we have you. And um, so what we did with, with the Eastern Conference is, you know, we, we basically we're going to go through it with the Western Conference and we're going to tell everybody what we feel each team needs to do in order for them to win this series. And um, your opinion on how many games you think it's going to take for whatever team you choose to win. So um, just in general, if we could start off by saying the players in this series, there's at least, what, five Hall of Fame players in this series. You're going talking about Kevin Durant is a sure Hall of Famer. Stephen Curry is a sure Hall of Famer. Chris Paul is a sure Hall of Famer. James Harden one day will probably be a Hall of Famer. Klay Thompson can possibly be a Hall of Famer continuing his play. And He's Dr- already like and Draymond Green. Draymond Green could be a Hall of Famer. As much as y'all don't like him. It's definitely a legendary lineup for both teams. The legendary Western Conference. This is going to be one of those Andre, playoff series that we that we talk about for a long time. Andre Iguodala can be a Hall of Famer. I believe so. I believe he could. He yeah. I've always liked Two-time Iggy. finals champ, I've finals MVP. Mm-hmm. Remember what he did in Philly. Look what he's doing now at this age. He, so, was, a, he was a cheat code in 2K13 on One of the Denver best squad. defenders in the NBA right now. Bro, this, this Golden State-Houston series is going to be one of those that go down in history. I, I can already tell. Like, it's going to be know. it's going to be like when Miami played the Spurs in the in Ooh. the finals. It's going to be one of Ooh. it's going to be one of those, bro. You think so? Yeah, it's we're going to be talking about this series for a long time. 7 games or Golden State sweeps these fools. No. Oh, man, you guys got it all wrong. We're going to be talking about this series for a long time. Yeah, so Ant, let, let's start off with you, Ant. Antoine the Don, sorry for adjusting you wrong. Um, who do you believe is going to win this series, and in how many games do you think they're going to win it in? The Warriors at five max. No, I don't want to hear max men. What do you think the Warriors are going to do? <laughs> I think the Warriors are going to sweep them four uh, games. Okay. Four games. Okay. Two of those games will be a blowout. I'm talking about over ten digit, digit lead. Two of them are going to be heartbreakers, but four games. That that's that's seeable, that's seeable. The heartbreak losses, I could see Chris Paul going through two heartbreak losses. Yep, exactly. Big games. Um, He's never been here before. What do you, give me? Give me one thing for each team that each team needs in order for them to win this series. Starting with the Rockets. The Rockets need to eliminate that three point line, which <laughs> to do against Golden State is impossible. <laughs> that or they need a match. The three-point making, you know, and mm-hmm. Houston's been a team that live and died off the three this whole season. So right. if they're living, they're living, you know. That's what they need. Okay. The Warriors just need to be the Warriors. They just got to play their uh, game. No injury. Yep. You know, healthy. Um, if you could keep Harden to under sixty, that's cool. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's the Warriors series to win. Go ahead, Danny. I'm gonna take the Warriors in five. I think Houston might sneak one at home, even though their crowd is trash. Um, 
for Golden State to win, they just have to play their game. Like it, forget that death lineup, Hamptons five shit. Like the Warriors, they just got to go out and play their game, and they'll be fine. They're unstoppable regardless. It doesn't even matter. Um, if Houston wants to have a chance to win, do not try and match Golden State's speed. <laughs> New Orleans found that because out because you. But Houston, Houston has that same speed though. Yeah, but they don't have they. Okay, I, I wish it was my turn. You know what the problem is? Honestly, I'm gonna say Golden State probably wins this series in five games as well, and I think it's because Golden State can or Houston can keep up with Golden State on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, Golden State it's too no tough. match. It's it no exactly. match. Houston exactly. has no defense compared to Golden State. Clay and Draymond will put the clamps on anybody, and they'll take. It'll they'll be playing three on five the whole fucking series, bro. It's just not even fair. Like James Harden is the only player on the Rockets that will make a shot all game, and you'll be like, wow, like we can't do nothing about this. Like Chris Paul can get into that groove we saw game forty one in game six, five, game five against. Yeah. Uh, you saw, but that's like a he was that's like a groove that three. he got in, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like Clay Thompson's hitting that jump shot off the screen mid range every single time. He There's doesn't miss. No, he does not like, miss that shot. You could be shot. playing the perfect defense. Kevin Durant coming pulling up for that jumper in the mid range. Stephen Curry making those threes. You can, there's just you just can't do anything about it. And this is what we saw the Cavs melt down last year in the finals because yeah. they're just hitting shots in your face at this point. Like you're playing your heart out. On defense doesn't matter, and it's 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 not gonna it's inevitable. So, my opinion, like I said, I think the Golden State Warriors are gonna win in five games. I think Houston wins game two at home. Um, Golden State's gonna. Uh, I think Golden State wins game one, game three, game four, and game five. Now, yeah, for Golden State to win, I think they like like Danny said to, to rub off that is you know play their game, and and. Just, I don't, I don't see anything stopping Golden State from winning this series. Houston needs to play excellent defense for the first time all year, and I don't think that's going to happen. So, Danny, uh, Justin, what you, what you got? I got Golden State in six. I think that the Chris Paul dynamic is going to factor in more than people think. I think him being one of the best players you know, in the league, being one of the best point guards to ever play the position. He has that just natural-born just leadership. And his defense, I mean, he's made the first-team all-defense how many years? So, I mean, this is, this is, I think, a true test, in my opinion, for Steph Curry. Obviously, you're not – no, obviously – I'm giving him a face right now. Yeah, obviously – that offense is just lethal. Like, you're not going to contain him, but you can make him uncomfortable. You can make him feel your presence. I mean, he's never really went up against such, you know, in, in, a, in a series like this. He's never gone up against a point guard with such good defense. So I think that's going to be an interesting matchup to see how uh, Chris Paul plays Steph and how Steph reacts. Okay. Now, But then who's locking up KD? Who's locking up no, Clay? Like. No, I'm just saying that matchup and just in general. Yeah, Wait, it'll be fun to watch. To them repeat too. what you said, you said Stephen Curry hasn't played against a good defending point guard. That's and, what and I just heard. And I was about to say something on that too. Okay, because I think Drew Holiday is one of the best 
But he'll make, he'll make all NBA teams. But Drew Holiday was guarding KD. And the whole spin. Yeah. But not, not all game, man. I mean, majority. Drew Holiday was guarding KD. Now, hold on. This is just this year now. First round, he wasn't playing last year. Um, who did the Warriors beat? I don't remember. That's a hard question. George Hill? They swept Utah, Utah in the second round. So yeah, George Hill guarding him. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They swept the Clippers. They beat him in the first round? Yeah. Uh, there goes your Chris Paul. No, 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 defending no. Team, no. The Clippers than uh, the Houston. Did they play the Clippers in the in the playoffs before? No. No, because the no, year that the, the year Utah beat Paul? them, the year that they were supposed to remember, uh, Clippers if, if were up three Clip- one on Houston, on. and they and they lost and they lost the series. They were up three one on Houston, and then yeah, Houston came back. Uh, yeah. Well, what about when when they beat the Spurs? The Clippers beat the Spurs. That one year, I think they just played another team. In the okay, second. but what elite point guard did the Spurs have to go up against Steph? You can't say Tony Parker. You can't say Patty Mills. No, no, no. I'm saying like Patty I, Mills is a great defender, though. He is. No discredit. But not. But I he get, comes off the bench. I get what you're saying, but I'm not. I'm not like I said. I'm is not it, taking is anything it disrespectful away. to say? I'm not taking anything away from Steph. I'm not saying obviously like he's, there's just certain players that you can't guard them. You can only hope to contain them. I'm just saying. Is it disrespectful to say that maybe a lack of experience may hurt Chris Paul here in the Western Conference Finals, being though he's never been here? I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't think it's disrespectful to say that, or you think? Oh, I think it's disrespectful oh, to say that. I don't think. Yeah, because I don't think. I don't think that's going to be the case. Just throwing. Yeah, I don't throwing. think that's going. I don't think that's going to be the case. Just asking. Chris Paul is a natural-born leader, and right. he, and just like LeBron, can be argued that he's carrying the Cavs to the finals. But we can't Chris Paul say that carried the Clippers for all the years he was on we, them. We can't say that we never saw Chris Paul play Steph Curry and, and, and guard him up all games. No, no, no. But I'm when saying, he was with the Clippers. But we all know it's different when it's a series. Right. When, right. you know, you know. You like, get to make adjustments. Right. You get to watch. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's different than you play this. Okay, then you're on to the next one. Then you're on to the next one. And then it's how many games or months until you see that player again. It's a series. And like I said, Chris Paul is hungry. This late in his career. And this is the, definitely the best team he's ever been a part of. It's going to be interesting. And but he's going up against the best team he's ever played in the playoffs. <laughs> the best team he will ever yeah. play but, in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, but having said that, so what I think Houston needs to do in order to try and win this series is make them work on defense. Like I said, obviously you're not going to really guard KD. You're not going to guard Clay. You're not mm-hmm. going to guard... But we've seen that sometimes if, when you have such a – playing against such a great offensive player, make them try to tire themselves out on defense. Make them work on defense. This way, when it comes to offense, they don't have maybe that extra hop in their step. They don't have, you know, really that much under their legs. Right. So that gives you like a fighting Houston chance, gives you a better chance. That. What's that? Houston plays too fast for that. That's what, I'm, that's what I kind of had in my head too. Like Houston's game is, isn't a half-court set. So it's like they can't yeah, – not they can't, possession. but it's going to be hard for them to adjust to to slow down the game and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, run that shot clock and make Golden State, you know, play defense. Like they, they put up shots at 16 seconds, you know what I mean? But they are – but with Chris Paul, that's the dynamic that they have because going into the series, that was that, – going into the season, yeah, that was my season. whole big thing why I didn't think the Chris Paul thing was going to work because of how they play. But they've shown that they – that's another thing they need to do to win. Play their pace. They can. They, they can. 
I don't think that they're going to try and outrun Golden State. They're going to try to run the Golden State. They're going to play their pace, and they have the capability of running and gunning, or they have the capability of getting into half-court sets with the uh, addition of Chris Paul. Because we know Chris Paul is, you know, an old-school point guard. And, you know, there's times in the games where he likes to drop the play, you know, and just let it run. So I think that's what they have to do if they want a chance to win this series. As for Golden State, don't let Houston get uh, too comfortable. Like, you got to bring it to them early. Because we've seen that a lot with the Utah series, that early in the game they got comfortable and they just came out and just started running. Like, they have no... No fear in their heart. They know what they're capable of. Yeah. They don't care who they're playing. Mm-hmm. Once they get that confidence, they're going to let it fly. And they do have the MVP of this year, James Harden. Is, yeah. I think it's – now, my thing for James Harden is this is the biggest – obviously, it's the biggest series of his career up to date. But, I mean, they go to the finals once. But I feel like this is a more serious chance in winning the championship because – if he beats Golden State, it's a lock for them to beat the East, in my opinion. So, for James Harden, coming back from last year on how – we'll get into that because they're making faces <laughs> at me. After last year's loss to the Spurs in six games and scoring, what, 13 points in game six to lose and, and, and you know, <laughs> essentially end your season, James Harden has this, this chip on his shoulder. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun all around. I think, you, you know, you, you put Clay Thompson on, on, on James Harden mm. and, you know, tell him to do his best. You might go game three, Draymond Green on, on, you know, like you might have to switch it up, bump him up, get him, you know, roughed up. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I say, if, you know, for Golden State, obviously I think Golden State's going to win. But one of the key things for them to win is just don't let them get comfortable and bring it to them early because I don't think that – if Houston, if, like I said, if Golden State just comes out, snipers, just comes out putting up, I don't think mentally Houston has the the confidence or the composure to really be like, okay, like kind of like how we've seen in the first series with uh, Indiana and Cleveland where we've seen Indiana come back down 20, 17. I don't think Houston has the mental capacity right. to do that. I think if they get down early – they're gonna just shut down, and then they're gonna, and then that's when they're gonna try and be like, okay, let's try and outrun Golden State. Let's try, and it's just not gonna work. Right. So I think that's what Golden State needs to do from the from the jump to win. Well, I think that's gonna be the key to them winning is just put them down early. Okay. So as far as this Eastern Conference, Western Conference, was that? I said we can all agree. Warriors making it out. Right. I I made a statement and I said that if Houston wins the Western Conference, which I don't believe, but if Houston was to win the Western Conference, it's a lock for them to win the finals. And I don't think Danny and Justin agree with that. I I also disagree with that. You disagree with it also? Yeah. Okay, so... Houston's not beating LeBron. No? No. LeBron, the thing about playing against LeBron James is it's a mental game. A lot of teams don't have the mental capacity to do it. Like, they just, they see the stardom and they fold. Especially when he gets on a roll, 
the Warriors have beat him twice, so they know exactly what it takes. They're not gonna get he's not gonna get in their head, nothing like that. Indiana was another team that they didn't let LeBron get in their head, which is why that series went the distance, except for that last game where you saw clearly he just outshines. Right. You know? Right. But my thing um, is like Okay, at this point, it's just just talent level. LeBron ver- it's literally LeBron versus the Rockets because versus I mean in the East I feel like the Celtics or excuse me the Cavs have this this confidence against Eastern Conference teams and this pride and it's not like they don't bring it into the finals but I, saw that earlier. I don't see LeBron like I don't see this Houston Rockets team. Best record in the league this year. Number one seed in the West. Uh, if they're coming off beating Golden State, I don't see them being phased by just the LeBron James. I see that they can focus on trying to figure out how to beat LeBron James and still play their game. And, and, and like, it's going to be on their terms, that series, if it was to be that way. Like, I feel like they shoot the three-pointer way too well and... They, at the end of the day, they have James Harden and Chris Paul that, quote-unquote, just beat Steph Curry and KD's Warriors. I don't see, you know, the Cavs matching up to them well at all. I think... Too slow. Too slow. I too think, slow. They live or die by the three. I feel like it would frustrate them having to try to play at Cleveland's pace. And the fact that James Harden hasn't been to a final since 2011... Chris Paul's never been to a finals. LeBron is going to be going to his eighth straight. Kevin Love's going to be going to his third straight. Like, I just... I'm not, I can't count him out. I cannot count LeBron out unless he's going up against the Warriors. I think... At this, at this point, I just can't. I think the biggest thing was from the Rockets themselves where they said that's all they do is they eat, sleep, think, how do we beat the Warriors? Now, when you put that much effort and that much time into one opponent, that granted, everybody knows if you're in the West, all roads to the finals go through Golden State. Mm-hmm. That's obvious. The same thing in the East. All roads go through LeBron. But at the same time, when you openly come out and say things like that, and you just say that's, that's, that's all you think about. That's some weak shit. Now, if you do... Obviously, if, that's a big if, they did manage to beat Golden State. I feel like for them, they would just feel so over the moon and so accomplished. And then by the time they get to the finals, they forget they have a whole nother beast to deal with and arguably one of the best players ever. So when you spend that much time building your team to go against that one team, what happens when you go against a team that has LeBron James on it? Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Because you have to beat the Warriors in a seven-game series, and then you got to try and beat the King in a seven-game series right after. I like, just the only like team I could see doing that are the Warriors. Yeah, right. But they can't play themselves. I just, hear, like, I just feel like it, it goes back to what we said about the first round. It, it goes back to matchups. And I think that Cleveland does not match up at all good with the Rockets. And I think the Rockets are too quick. I think Chris Paul is one of... You said it. Chris Paul is 
if not, he's probably the second smartest player in the league, right behind LeBron James. James Harden is probably the th- third most talented player in the league behind KD and LeBron. If not, AD, 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 sorry, AD, fourth. But for his size, but for his size, 6'4", um, he's definitely the, the best 6'4 player in the league. Who? James Harden? Westbrook? Who? James Harden's six foot four. No, he's six, no, he's six, he's six six. He's like six six. No, he's six five. Six five. Okay. He's like six five. Six, he's six, a bitch six, though. He's the best six five player in the league. Who's better? Josh Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Dab me up. <laughs> but um, so I I understand. I don't saying. know. You know, I, I I I truly don't even see a match. It's I, all I'd hypothetical. See, I'd see a five one series going going to Houston. I just I can't put my faith. Maybe six. I can't put my faith in James Harden and Chris. But it's the Warriors, and I've been saying this since August. It's inevitable. You can't. The Warriors until Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson don't play for the same team anymore, they're gonna win the championship. Which might happen soon. Hopefully, you know Klay Thompson has a free agent in 2019. Clay's Clay's the first one out. Clay and Dre, and they're gonna have to pick one. You can't. They won't be able to keep both. What you said, Ant? They have more than enough money to keep everybody on that team. Yeah, you think so. Not everybody wants to keep that pay cut going, though. You saw Steph Curry just sign that deal. KD's going to sign a deal this summer. Next year, Clay Thompson's going to be like, all right, next year's my year. Clay's going to go chase his bag. But if you win a championship again, bro, you go off for the repeat. You go off for the repeat and the repeat and the repeat. Uh, You win it, you stay it. You would think so. But it's like, yo, KD, let me get a piece of that. KD's like, yo, I just did last year, so y'all can <laughs> Clay <goes laughs> like, figure your shit out. <laughs> I can see Clay being the one to leave. Clay got two, about to be three rings. Now, I'm scared that Clay might be a product of the offense. With Draymond, if he goes anywhere else, he's oh, due yeah. to stay. Clay can't go to another team and shine. Like Clay can go to any team and shine. Clay, like, like I said, like we've said on this podcast, Clay is the best two way player in this league. No, he's not. Now, Draymond. No, Draymond is a product of his environment. He's a product of the players and the system around him. Draymond could not go to any other team and do what he's doing now. No, he Clay, couldn't. He couldn't. Clay, you can input into any other See, team and he like, will find his way. I feel like That's the purest shooter I have ever seen. I've never seen a more pure the shot. the version of Kyle Korver we've ever seen. <laughs> no one else is dropping 60 points, dribbling the fucking ball 11 times. Here's my thing. I do hear... I do hear you. Bring on, Clay to on, Miami. Uh, Clay Thompson going to another I team. I want Clay in Miami. But 2019. To say LeBron, uh, Draymond Green wouldn't shine on another team the way he shined like this, I mean. He's trash. I don't see that as totally accurate. Draymond Green is a defensive player of the year. Um, he knows how to incorporate his teammates. He's not the best shooter, but for a four, he locks down. His, his, he guards his, all five. He guards all five. Yeah. I'm and not taking anything away from him defensively. For somebody to be able to do that now, okay. So now my thing is, yeah. Sorry. First of all, you said Clay Thompson is the best two way defender, uh, two way player in the league. Both healthy. Would you take Kawhi or Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson. Kawhi. Danny. Be real. I take Kawhi. But he's hurt too much. And I'm not. I'm just saying. Better player. Who's the better two-way player? In my opinion, in his opinion. But it's like, I it's think, like where Clay is offensively I think Kawhi is, is def- where Kawhi is defensively. Yes. Right. But where, but where 
I feel like Kawhi is a better offensive player than Clay is defensively. And that's it's it's not like taking away, but it's like Kawhi can still go for 35 points and lock up his perimeter his his defender all night. Like Clay's not going and Damn, yes, that's granted, a tough, that's a tough Clay doesn't it's go like, for it's 35 like because he doesn't have to. It's you know, like he has Steph and KD. Like you don't need that. But I don't see Clay going to another team to be the number one option, dropping 35 and locking up his defender or his his matchup. I don't see that. Like I see him being he's a great second option. I think he'll be a really, really good first option. I don't think you could run your offense through Clay Thompson every single game. He's too set, set shot oriented. One dribble. Damn, now, like, I, now I feel like I need to see him playing. In a, but in he a moves spot. really well without the ball. Oh, great, great without the ball, great without the ball. But that's what I'm saying. Like, but for your number one option to be an off ball player, your number one scorer, look at the number one scorers in the league. It's James Harden, on ball player. LeBron James, on and off. It's LeBron. Uh, Steph Curry is an on-ball player. AD's not AD an is not player. an on-ball player, but he's seven feet, and he made, he's the fucking he's a athlete ball, he's of a the ball world. He's a ball-dominant player. Yeah, ball-dominant. This league is his. Giannis, ball-dominant, like, ball, ball on-ball player. Damon Lillard, on-ball player. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, these guys coming off screens, it's not, it's not to say that it's a bad thing, but to not be able to create... Clay Thompson doesn't create his own shot now. Let's be real. Mid-range. He can. That's what I'm saying. He, he can, can, but it's it's not comfortable for him. It's not comfortable. What's okay? What is him creating his shot? He gets the ball on the wing and he'll take two dribbles off a of, off a screen and 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 take a jump shot because he's pure. But taking some dude off the dribble to the rim, that's not Clay Thompson. I think I've seen him do it before. <laughs> Come on, bro. he's in the NBA. He's, he's a great player. He's a great player. He's definitely not better than Kawhi Leonard though. No, nah, I respect that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll change. Yeah. Right, I'm not gonna right, just. I'm not gonna best. just make my point. Best. I'm not gonna make my point and just say because I want to. I want to. You know, I want you to feel why I feel that way. You get what I'm saying? No, I, no, I, no. I agree with everything you said a thousand percent. Yo, and before we get off this podcast, I wanted to ask you. Um, I didn't get a chance to see the Yankees game today. Who won? The Yankees <laughs> played the Red Sox. Fucking, you guys won. You mean who won? Nah. <laughs> what was the score? Five to four. Um, you guys hit the go-ahead home run in the eighth. Nah, who hit it? Martinez. What? That's the dude we just signed in the offseason? J.D. Martinez. Huh? That's the guy we just signed in the offseason. Yeah, whatever. I Hold on. The Red Sox. Wait, J.D. Martinez, we signed, like, Stanton was supposed to come, but he didn't want to come, so we ended up getting Martinez. And Martinez is playing pretty good this year, right? Stan's playing pretty good this year, too. But I think it worked out for uh, us, right? Yeah. yeah, J.D. Martinez is a great still. Um, I don't know. Boston's just looking uh, like they got a bunch of hitters. Like, it's consistent hitters. Like, yeah, no lie. I was being ignorant just JD. now. but <laughs> He wasn't falling for No, I said I was just being ignorant right now. But, yeah, we do. We, we really do have a team full of, full of bats. Yeah. And I yeah. think... Last year, what what really hurt us was, uh, you know, Big Poppy retired, so he he didn't come back last year, and we had no power in the middle of the lineup. Now that now that we signed a splash signing with J D Martinez coming off of his best year in Arizona, 
you know, that middle of the lineup has more power. Mookie Betts is playing out of his mind right now, leading the MLB yep. in home runs. Gets on base every single time he gets up there. He, he you know, he's, he's he's up there with um uh, uh barrel hit percentages. So all his hits, most of his hits are are like dead on the the barrel of the bat. He's like seeing the, the ball. The sweet money, yeah, the sweet zone. Yep. So, and, and don't yeah. get me wrong. You know what's funny? Like the Red Sox started off the season like seventeen and three or something like that. And um, yeah, you got started off great. Drop the ball. I, I mean, started off not so hot and then picked it up. Exactly. And here we are at the same spot. Exactly. And you guys have won like 17 out of the last 19 or 16 out of 18. Um, we just stopped your eight-game winning streak tonight. So as far yeah. as – but baseball, you know, we're in May. It's May 10th, literally. So yeah, we have until early. September, you know, August to be talking about this. But – it's going to be a and, fun and one. we'll see each other again another series. For sure. And and it's going to be great. And for the rest of the season and, and what looks like for the next few years in the future, Yankees-Red Sox is back to ignorance, you know, bad blood, you know. And it's not so much unclassy as it was before. It's not as unclassy no, as it was before. It's more of like a mutual respect by these young superstars. But it's still like Yankees-Red Sox. It's up again. Yeah. So I, I I like that. What do you yeah, what do you feel about this guy uh, Shohei Otani, the pitcher for the Angels? He just hit his fifth home run this year. Yeah, he's nice too. Seen a couple of things on him. Um, the Angels have just been looking good. Mike yep. Trout back in his bag. Yep. So the LeBron of oh, baseball. No, yeah. They're twenty three and fourteen right now. Our Pujols is playing good. Our Pujols got his three thousandth hit. Uh, for his career, yeah. so shout out to him. Dudes like Ichiro and like Jeter are part of that club, so. Exactly. You know you've been around. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, I heard something about Ichiro. Um, Tom Brady, I think. Yeah, I heard about texted that. Texted him, or what was that? Tom Brady. There was something about Tom Brady that came oh, up. He asked him about uh, his, like, I guess, like his oh, stretching his, routine, like his warm-up routine. Right. Tom Brady was asking about Ichiro's warm-up stretching routines, and Ichiro said, who the fuck is Tom Brady? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Straight up. Who the <laughs> fuck is that guy? He, he, he <laughs> McGregor. Once the Yankee, always the Yankee. You fi- <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. That's funny, yo. So, yeah, but I, I mean, with that, I guess we're done for the night, episode 36. And we appreciate Thank you. I know it wasn't, nah, for sure. I know it wasn't, you know, a full episode, but we appreciate you taking the time to, whenever you can, to pick the Warriors with us. <laughs> so, facts. Game one, Sunday, 3 30, Eastern Conference Finals. Game two, uh, game one for the Western Conference Finals is going to be Monday night. I'm not sure if it's an 8 o'clock game. I'm sure it'll be like a 9 o'clock game. It's in Houston. Probably. Yeah. It'll be like a 9 o'clock game. So, um, catch that. Follow us, ATS Pod. Subscribe, like on SoundCloud, iCloud, iCloud iTunes Podcast. Got some people that ain't really my kin, don't feel like we family, though. Then I got some people that ain't only my friends and feel like we family, though. Whenever it's time to stick to the plan, I know how to handle it most. Vanish the foes and cancel the hoes just so I can manage the goal. Get activated and I'ma do me. I am not going no eat. You know I'm out in these streets, but let me not eat. I'm robbing these niggas that's out here on fleek and that's on my OG. One thing I learned from these suckers, these niggas don't be your brothers. These bitches don't even love you. Better keep your circle small, cause that loyalty is a bad motherfucker. That loyalty, that bitch a bad motherfucker.
still in my pockets, it ain't your fault if I don't trust you I can still get five years for the pistol, ain't no way around it, I'm clutching If I'm ever threatened, if I'm disrespected, ain't no way around it, I'm busting I got some people, we got different blood, they wanna see me in the ghost Then I got some people, we got the same blood, they wanna see me as a ghost That's why I'm doing the most, playing my role Better touch your bitch, I'm at niggas' hoes Stick spread, all blue faces, I don't need dubs to make it look long Dread head, but I'm a city nigga If I'm pussy, then Biggie living Won't fuck just any bitch, and I'll let this bitch blow at any nigga They, they with the best spread, and it's really gold, I ain't going should invest in a funeral home cause these bitches died just to fuck she with us Bro said the last bag was garbage, garbage. so I paint them back out of respect Stand up nigga, if I fuck with you it's 100, bro I don't finesse what? But I ain't fuck with niggas, it was all blood, blood. Lab cried within four cuz, his loyalty ain't where I need it, that's what's the shame I can't even call cuz, like a call baby, like what's the word Chillin' I ain't no shit tonight, she gon' come through Give me right, then I'ma crash to it like she ran the light When I gotta go before I miss this flight, cause I'm tryna get up Up like a kid before Christmas night, who ain't never had nothing in his life like this really my life, with zero exaggeration Something me just elevated, got me feeling afterburn Lost a lot of new sales and cages, but hold on to my dedication The money got me fascinated, saw that shit and got activated Saw the money and got activated Saw the money and got activated Saw that money and got activated I saw that money and got activated Canada Goose, keep me wearing my cold city I got a pole with me, Glock on 450 Took my soul with her. They got their hand out. I don't even know niggas for testing the game. I'm testing my aim. If I got a day, I got an M to my name. In 2015, ain't never stacked in my name. Cuz let me starve. Send them a pick of the new moose. Tell them I saw the money and got activated. Saw the money and got activated. Saw that money and got activated. I saw that money and got activated. Bitch, saw the money and got activated. Saw the money ain't got activated. I saw that money ain't got activated. I saw that money ain't got activated.